Welcome. My name is Jan Vollmer. I'm the Director for Continuing Medical Education at the University of Virginia School of Medicine. Um, I'm also on the board of LessCancer.org, and I am pleased and proud to have John White join us today. John, can you just introduce yourself so that I get all your we get your titles all right? Sure. Uh, and first of all, the, the biggest title is friend of Jan Balmer. So I'm delighted to be able to speak with you today. I'm currently the chief medical officer at WebMD, which many people know is really the world's largest platform of online health information. I'm a practicing internist uh, here in the Washington, D.C., Virginia area. Uh, and part of my time at, at WebMD, I ran an office of engagement at the Food and Drug Administration. And before that, I uh, headed up health and medical programming at, at Discovery Channel, where, where I, I met uh, Jan. Terrific, John. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you being with us today. So we're going to talk about cancer risks. And I know that you have done a lot of research on this and compiled a lot of information. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what motivated you to write this, to, to think about this topic? And I, and I know that you wrote a book about it. So can you just talk a little bit about what motivated you to, you know, start this whole process? Other than screening which really is very limited for cancer, you know, for breast cancer, for colon cancer, a few others. We really don't focus as a society on cancer prevention. And, and I wrote this book to help change that. Part of it is, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people were missing screenings. And then I point out, I wrote the book during the pandemic. But, but more importantly, I thought about in terms of, we talk to patients all the time about how to prevent diabetes. What do you need to do? in order to not get diabetes. We even created you know, a new term, pre-diabetes, to, to try to prevent you from progressing. In heart disease, we, we talk about cardio, you know, what you need to do, the type of exercises you need to do, what you shouldn't eat. But when it comes to cancer, we don't have those discussions with patients. We don't talk about what you need to eat and not to eat. You know, we don't talk about the quality of your sleep, the role of stress, that it plays in, in cancer, the importance of physical activity. So I really wanted to provide some foundation, some you know, background material, and, and really give people some tips and tools that they can take control of their personal cancer risk. Well, thank you. I, I think you're absolutely right. Cancer really doesn't focus on cancer prevention very much, which is why the Less Cancer Organization has really devoted itself to cancer prevention and looking at environmental toxins and other kinds of things that people take for granted, but that really are um, can precipitate or predispose someone to cancer. So um, in doing all of your work and in all of the work that you do at WebMD, mm -hmm. can you identify for us three or four things that you think are critically important for people to think about in terms of assessing their own risk and preventing cancer? And, and the other thing I want to point out, Jan, to listeners is, you know, there's this belief by many people that cancer is due to genetics right? If my family had cancer, I'm going to get cancer. Or it's simply due to bad luck. So there's nothing that I can do. You know, it, it's fate. I hear that a lot of times from people. And, and this goes to the point that the reality is only about 30% of cancer is due to inherited mutations, genetics. The rest, 70%, is caused by lifestyle, is caused by, you know, environmental toxins. I mean, that's the whole reason that people can be empowered 
to take control of their cancer risk, but they need to know what to do. So when you think about it, it really is about changing people's minds to think about that food really is medicine. It's as powerful as a prescription drug. So are you going to eat an orange or you know a bunch of potato chips? And when you think about it that way, you'll start to make different decisions because we do know there is a wealth of data that talks about the relationship between several types of cancers, particularly colon cancer and the consumption of red meat. So there, there's lots of data there in terms of what we need to be eating and what we shouldn't be eating. It's about the role of, of physical activity. And physical activity is probably as close to a magic pill as we have in, in terms of reducing risk. But we don't talk to people about what you need to be doing. And in terms of cancer prevention, it's not about 10,000 steps a day. It's about some exertion. You need to sweat you know, three days a week for, for 30 minutes or so. And then it's also about the role of stress. We've learned over time that cancer is in some ways a disease of inflammation and chronic stress, those palpitations, that's upset stomach, that's feeling of dread that many people are experiencing does impact the ability of your cells to fight infection. It makes your cells make mistakes when dividing. And that basically is what cancer is about. Your cells divide in an abnormal way and create a cancer cell. So it's really about you know, controlling those things that you can control. You can't control your age, but you can't control your weight, what you eat, how often you exercise, the amount of quality sleep that you get every day, the amount of stress in your life, as well as some of you know, the environmental you know, toxins as well, and, and educating yourself about the environment in which you live. Your zip code, Jan, as you know, this matters as much as your genetic code when it comes to cancer and many other health conditions. Yeah, well, that's that's so very true. And I think, you know, it gets so overwhelming for a lot of people to try to figure out what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live healthy? You know, all of those kinds of things. Um, and, and the reality is, you know, with all of the pandemic and all of the things that have happened in the last two years, it only makes the whole situation worse, you know, and I just, I, as I listen to people talk and they're overwhelmed and, you know, trying to figure out what they need to do, you know, the, the thought of trying to add one more thing in to make themselves healthy makes it really difficult, you know, and, but there's a lot of things that we don't know what's in them. You know, I mean, there's food that we don't know what's in it. We don't know, you know, what chemicals were used to make them look pretty. Um, You know, there's a whole lot of things about water. I mean, one of our board members, Rob Balot, did a lot of work on water and PFAS. You know, um, I just think that, you know, if we can help people figure out what things they can control, Mm -hmm. Um, and some really concrete ways that they can think about risk, um, the chronic inflammation from overwhelming stress, you're right, is absolutely a huge factor. Um, and we don't but, think about risk, Chan. We really don't. We, we think about, you know, the risk of a car crash, the risk of 
um, you know, dying, you know, from heart disease, you know, cancer is still a leading cause of death. 600,000 people are still diagnosed with cancer every year. Your lifetime risk of being diagnosed with cancer is about one in three. That, that includes many, um, you know, skin cancers. So it's still very real in, in terms of, of cancer diagnoses. You know, we haven't won the war on cancer. And, and that's part of the challenge that people don't really think about risk in terms of the way that they need to. And, you know, I'm hopeful that the pandemic, you know, has also taught us, you know, at the end of the day, all we have is our health, right? You know, our, our jobs in comparison, you know, we've learned a lot about, you know, the, the long commutes that we had before, you know, in, in terms of we focus on wealth, that doesn't matter if you don't have your health. So I'm hopeful that in some ways, one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that there's a greater focus on self-care. And people are really starting to turn and think about their own health. And is what you said, you know, look at ingredients list, do some research, educate themselves, develop a healthy lifestyle. So it's not this idea that I often hear from people, well, I want to lose, you know, 10 or 20 pounds, you know, before an important event. Well, you know, I want you not to gain 10 to 20 pounds a year, which is often what happens once we get past, you know, 30 or 40 years old. Yeah, it really is very difficult. And I, I think you're right. I think lifestyle is fundamentally changed as a result of this pandemic and people are reevaluating mm -hmm. family and themselves and the risk benefit ratios of this go, go, go lifestyle. But in terms of really making this concrete for people, can you help us identify three or four things? You've talked yeah. about decreasing our red meat and um, exercising, sweating, exercising 30 minutes, at least three times a week. Are there other things that from your research and from your perspective are critically important for people to think about that are, that don't sound overwhelming, yeah. that, that can be right. woven into their yeah. lifestyle? The biggest tip and advice that listeners could utilize today that will likely reduce their cancer risk is to start eating more fish and to substitute fish for, for typically processed meats. And, and some people may be thinking, I don't like fish. <laughs> I've heard that from patients. It's, it's, it smells fishy. The reality is that fish is chock full of nutrients. It's chock full of vitamins, minerals, omega-3 fatty acids um, that reduce, you know, clots that occur in our brain and our hearts. And it's also low in calories. So substituting, you know, processed meats for fish, you know, twice a week is going to be a step in the right direction. Jan, less than 20% of Americans eat fish. Oh, you're once kidding. Once a week, once a week, just once a week. So just think about trying to start with once a week, every week or, or twice a week. The other thing that I tell people is, you know what, replace all your beverages with water. Another way that it's going to reduce total calories and is also going to reduce a lot of sugar that most of us consume, you know, in beverages. We know that alcohol is a toxin to the liver. Well, alcohol also can impair your cells from reproducing correctly and increase cancer risk, particularly in breast cancer. So if you started to eat fish and you substitute fish for, you know, processed meats um, and drank more water and substituted that for other beverages, that's a step in the right direction. You know, the other big thing that you could start 
doing today, and it's going to take time, is get that quality sleep. We've all got these sleep trackers on and everything. Well, utilize them. Seven to eight hours of quality sleep, you know, every day. And maybe, you know, there's times that you don't get those quality sleep hours, but you need to focus on that every day. And, and people kind of dismiss sleep. I'll do it when I'm dead. You know, it's not that important. We actually have seen a lot of data that talks about shift workers, people that work these unusual hours and then often have challenges sleeping during the day, increased incidence of breast cancer, increased incidence of prostate cancer typically hormonal-based cancers, because that's what's happening in sleep. It's messing up our circadian rhythm, which basically is driven by two important hormones, melatonin and cortisol. So that's the reason why trying to work on getting quality sleep is important. And some tips for that is colder is better. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that about rooms, but uh, I don't know what you keep your thermostat at, Jan, but it really <laughs> should be around 68 uh, degrees. What, what do you keep yours at? Ours is at 67 year round. <laughs> you're doing year round. Hopefully you're, you're sleeping well. So, so yeah. colder, you know, is better. Uh, and then a trick that I've talked about is, you know, sometimes wearing socks to bed helps you fall asleep. And the reason why that is, believe it or not, is that it actually makes your uh, blood vessels vasodilate in your feet. And that actually cools your internal body temperature. You know, that could be a trick, but you need to make sleep a priority that's what's going to help you over time as well. And then in terms of physical activity, we've all been sitting around, you know, too much, you know, we're on zoom calls, you know, all day. So how do we start getting moving? You might've heard the line sitting is the new smoking. It, it really is true. Physical inactivity leads to premature death. So how do you find activities that you enjoy? And it's not about necessarily going to the gym. It's about, you know, walking more, um, trying to get, it doesn't have to be 10,000 steps a day, but maybe you could get, you know, 6,000 or 7,000. Most people are below 4,000. So that would be progress. Uh, but, but those are going to be some of the ways that you can make changes today in terms of what you eat, what you drink, the amount of sleep that you get and how active you are that are going to decrease your overall cancer risk. And it, it's not any one thing, Jan, it's really these, you know, constellation, these daily choices that you make every day over time. So that doesn't mean you can never have, um, you know, a, a great steak and a glass of wine and, and ice cream, but too many of us are having that several days a week. Uh, and, and that's where we're really making poor choices when it comes to taking control of our cancer risk. Yeah, John, I think that's so helpful. I, I think, you know, the more we talk about it, the more you realize that even taking very small steps to trying to make your life healthier, to just take it a little bit of time and reflect on, reflect on what you're eating, how you're spending your time, you know, um, really giving yourself some time to unwind. Um, you know, it's about, you know, it's about stress as well. You know, the saying unwind, we're, we're in a mental health pandemic as well as an infectious disease pandemic. And, you know, I talked about the, the role of chronic stress that it has on your body. And when you think about it, when, you know, you're stressed, you make mistakes in, in terms of at work, you, you don't feel great. You feel like your memory, you start to forget things. It definitely impacts 
your body. And, and when you're stressed, what do you do? You, you say, I need to go to sleep earlier, or you try to rest. You instinctively know you have to address stress. And there are strategies and tools. You know, one of them that I've talked about that I've tried is this gratitude journal where you literally write down every day, every day, something that you're grateful for. And you can be like, really, really, that's going to impact you know, my cancer risk. But studies have shown through MRI imaging and, and PET scans, it actually can help to rewire your brain to um, lower those areas of the brain that, you know, in terms of activities that are increased with anxiety and depression. So it's just about trying to make things a priority and knowing when to ask for help as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I think those are really important points and things that people have a tendency to take for granted, you know, and you can't really take the good things in your life for granted and let the bad things um, take over because it increases stress. You don't eat as healthy. You get um, inertia. Um, All of those things have very negative impacts. And I like your idea of the, you know, grateful journal, you know, even on a piece of paper and put it in a jar and then have you and your family look at it at the end of the week and see what kinds of things make a difference. You know, I know that there were work with teachers and in elementary school Mm -hmm. children where they took the time to reflect and write something Mm -hmm. positive about their classmates. Yeah. Um, And some of that, you know, some of those comments Mm -hmm. and things, taking the time to be kind is um, something that we don't talk about, but that actually reduces stress, yep. gives you the opportunity to reflect and gives you the energy to think about trying to make small changes, mm-hmm. you know, drinking more water, you know, getting up and walking around. Um, you know, I, I'm on Zoom way too much. I, oh. Everybody is you know, and to get up and move around and, you know, people aren't in offices, so you don't have the same kind of social interaction Mm -hmm. and that, that can be isolating as well. Mm -hmm. And it can create a whole cascade of bad behaviors, um, you know, that are less than ideal, you know, they're not Mm -hmm. bad, nasty. They're just not in your best interest in terms of your health. And nothing is a hundred percent preventable. We have to acknowledge that. But what we do know is that science can give us guidance in terms of how do we reduce that risk? Because it it is about, I heard this phrase the other day, our health span as well as our lifespan, right? So we want that quality life. So, you know, when we come back to food, those are acquired tastes. We're not predestined to, to like ice cream, right? And, and, you know, I have young children, you have to keep at it and, and you can develop, you know, different tastes and you have to introduce new things to the diet and, and physical activity is about finding things that you enjoy that you're going to continue with over time. You don't want to make these things chores. You want to make them something that you enjoy as part of a new attitude towards your lifestyle, where you want to take control uh, of your health. And, and as I said before, I think COVID really has taught us the importance of, of self-care. I agree with you completely. And I think self-care, as we look at ourselves and our families, you know, I think what's happened is, is the predominance of work being the most important thing in our lives has sort of shifted a little. And it's actually, if people take a little time to reflect, there's an opportunity for you to really think about what you want out of your life and what the healthy issues are and how your family and the people that are important around you 
can actually enhance that life because I think good health and happiness have to go together, um, you know, which feels crazy. I mean, you know, people take all of that for granted, but it, you really have to take time to think about being happy with and the blessings that you have in your life and the good things that happen in your life, but to also take the time to love yourself and to take good care of yourself because the people around you need you to do that. Absolutely. And I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of people mm-hmm. is to realize that they themselves are valuable enough mm-hmm. to the people that they love to take good care of themselves. So let's do just a little recap so that we make sure, sure that we've hit all the high points. One is um, to exercise three times a week, at mm-hmm. least 30 minutes to make yourself sweat Mm-hmm. to eat less red meat, mm-hmm. to replace a lot of beverages with water, mm-hmm. to find ways to be grateful for the good things in your life, mm-hmm. um, and to be thoughtful about your food choices, mm-hmm. um, and to eat fish twice a week. Yeah. Is that, a, is that yeah. about... Yeah. I mean, we don't want to forget about screenings. We want people to continue right. to get their, you know, colorectal screenings, the breast cancer screenings, all these things that, you know, have really have fallen to the wayside during the, you know, pandemic, but to recognize that most cancers can't be screened for. So that's why, you know, reducing our risk is so important. Yep. And I think the last thing is, is to pay attention to your environment, you yeah. know, and, what, where you choose your foods and how you choose your mm-hmm. foods and the kinds of ingredients that are there and to help each other in your community, make your community healthy, mm-hmm. you know, I, because I think that also empowers all of us to be engaged in the communities mm-hmm. around us, which also then fosters a sense of belonging, yeah. which I think is a very positive kind of thing. So, well, John, you're, you have just been so helpful today. Thank you so sure. very much. Really appreciate it. Um, I hope we get to talk again soon. I Thank do you well. so much. All righty.